0: Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks, uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now.
1: Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way.
0: Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones. It's time to talk. Well, we're going to go down... Memory Lane, a little history lesson today. KJ, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We like doing that. And uh, we've got someone that we've known for a long time that can help us with that.
0: Yeah, Wayne Hogan is going to join us. Longtime FSU folks know Wayne Hogan. He spent 20 years working at Florida State, was associate AD, was interim AD for a little bit. I knew him as sports information director. When I was coming through school and in my early years in the profession, and he was right in the middle of the decision uh, of FSU joining the ACC. So we'll go back to 1990 and revisit that. Of course, ACC kickoff is going on today uh, and this week in Charlotte. Uh, we're just sort of tabling that, and, and we're going to do this history lesson, and then we'll come back around. Football practice will get started next week, Keith. How
2: about uh, how about we go on in this opening segment it's a, a themes of themes of two. Uh, uh, we finished second in the 110 meters out at the World Championships with Trey. Um, Parker went second round in the MLB draft. Am I miss, missing out any other number twos?
0: Marvin Bracey finished second at the World Championships. You're correct. In the I
2: 100. apologize, Marvin. You're correct. He finished second. Also, that's three number twos.
0: Yep. Uh, that's all I've got for right now. I'm sure we can find some more, though. Uh, let's go back to the, the, the SEC thing, Keith. One thing, just to tee this up a little bit. I should have known this. It makes sense. But if you go to NOLFAN.org and listeners, if you're not familiar with that, it's a terrific site and resource that uh, you can look up Florida State history. But but there are articles detailing FSU's interest in the SEC starting in 1955 and about every three or four years, there'll be a news clip saying, well, the SEC was going to vote, thought they were going to get them in didn't happen, but I mean, it didn't just, it wasn't just 1990. It's gone on since Florida state started playing football in 1947, basically.
2: Uh, Florida state has been a shunned uh, potential bride of the sec for quite a while now, it appears.
0: Anyway, Wayne Hogan was, was in the middle of it. Uh, We'll, we'll get uh, his recollection of of how that all went down. And then Keith and I, uh, after we, we talk with him, we'll, we'll pontificate some more about the the state of things right now, but I am happy Keith that after we do this, We get to talk football next week on field football. How about that? Yep.
2: Put the pads on. Show me some.
0: Exactly. All right. So we will uh, open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline when we uh, come back. Wayne Hogan, former Florida State uh, Associate Athletics Director, Sports Information Director. uh, Good guy. Joins us next. And graduate.
3: And graduate. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank. Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at TryMyBank.com. Member FDIC.
4: Hey folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And we're celebrating the 4th of July all month long. So whether it's red, white, or blue, we've got the right one for you. With new vehicles arriving daily, we have a great selection to choose from. Like this 2022 High Country with a 6.2 liter V8, this 2022 Buick Enclave Avenir, fully loaded, or the new body style Chevy RST. And the best selection of premium vehicles in North Florida and South Georgia. Buy your new or used vehicle, the Hobson one.
1: Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith.
0: Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom and Keith with you. And uh, KJ, we're going we're to go back in time a little bit here. Everybody knows that Florida State's future conference affiliation, that's a question that's being asked a bunch at ACC kickoff today. Who knows where that'll all fall, but we we thought we'd go back in the wayback machine and welcome an old friend who can shed some light uh, because he was involved in the conversations really directly when FSU made the decision to to join the ACC in 1990. And this is a a Florida State fans favorite, uh, one of my favorites too, Wayne Hogan, who I I knew as the SID, but uh, I guess I should give credit. I think you were an associate AD when you were in the SID role, an interim AD for a little while at Florida State. Well, how are you, Wayne? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's
5: great to see you guys.
0: Very familiar faces to me. It's it's great to see you as well and and people who are close to the Florida State program know that you know Wayne went on and was was out west at uh for for a lot of years came back east to to Georgia Tech and Uh, I'm not sure where you, I guess you're in the Bay Area now, but I know it involves a lot of golf and a lot of beach time and probably some (laughs) umbrella umbrella drinks, I'm thinking. You know, I am. I live
5: outside of St. Petersburg in a beautiful little place called Madeira Beach. And uh, I'm lucky I'm involved with a nonprofit now called Florida Rising Stars. Uh, For five years, I ran the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. And when the pandemic hit, they uh, decided to take a hiatus. And I told the board of directors, "It's sixty-five years old. I don't have time for a hiatus." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got involved in another nonprofit, and we can get to that later. But so, so I'm still dabbling around doing some things and enjoying life down here uh, and near near the Gulf of
0: Mexico here. So, it's fun times. Well, well, we appreciate your time. Now, this is good. You're going to enlighten me, uh, Keith. Uh, our listeners as well on this. So I was in school, Wayne, when Florida State made the decision to join the ACC. My matter of fact, I graduated in fall of 91, which I guess would have been right after that decision was made that year and started in the ACC in 92. Um, The the way I hear it portrayed now, and I know the truth is in the middle because it always is, but if I hear it from the SEC side of the fence, I hear talk that, well, Florida State turned down the SEC. And then if I hear it from the fsu side i hear more well at the 11th hour the sec really didn't exactly offer fsu and uh i know you were you were involved in those conversations so just kind of walk us through as you can what that decision making process was like and kind of your role in it well
5: i i was uh i was fortunate enough to be um kind of in the in the loop as as it were back back at that time uh i think that that had something to do with the fact that Bob Goyne, who was the AD at FSU, obviously we had a great relationship, Bob and I did. And, uh, you know, Bob was, uh, he he was a, he was a very sharp guy. He, you know, he was very intuitive. And uh, I think early on uh, he realized uh, that, that I had a a bit of a relationship with uh, Tom Mickle, who was the associate uh, commissioner of the Atlantic coast conference. And, and Tom was really the, uh, conduit between the ACC and FSU. Um, and certainly he had a direct pipeline to Bob, but as an a- athletic director, you only have so much time in the day, you know, he's got a lot of other things going on. So, so I kind of became, you know, became that, that person that would do- relay things and pass things along and, and Tom Mickle and I had that relationship. So because of that, um, you know myself and some of the other administrators at FSU at the time, Larry Pendleton and uh, you know Brian Mand and you know there there was quite a quite a few of the um, you know kind of the senior level staff that that got involved in in that process. But but guys, here here's the way this thing went down. At one point, we really did feel like we were being courted by both leagues. There was no. There was no question about it. I don't care what anybody from the SEC says. They wanted Florida State. They wanted Florida State. And clearly the ACC did as well. So one of the things I remember distinctly is both the ACC and the SEC sent uh, their commissioner, associate commissioners, uh, assorted other staff to Tallahassee on different, obviously not at the same time, (laughs) on different different dates to come in and meet with us, to meet with the athletic, you know, higher, uh, higher up, you know, group, the the senior staff and uh, led by going, because they knew Bob was going to be the decision maker. Ultimately it was Bernie Slider, but Bernie, you know, that's not the kind of thing Bernie would, you know, kind of immerse himself into. He knew what was going on, but not, not in terms of sitting through four or five, six hour, meetings so both the sec and the acc came with those groups to tallahassee and our conversations were couldn't have been more different couldn't not have been more different because as i recall it the sec came in and roy kramer was the commissioner and he brought a group in uh, i won't i don't totally recall who the entire group was it doesn't matter but they came in and they talked about what exactly what you would expect them to talk about our teams, our, our stadiums or this, and you know, our, our, um, you know, back in those days, the money wasn't as big. I got to tell you, this wasn't as big of a money decision as it would be today because back in those days, you know, it was, you know, a couple of two, three million versus a hundred million. So, so it was way different 30 years ago. So they, they talked about all that. And they talked about athletic competitiveness. And they talked about FSU being in the league. And how you know, we could have all these teams come to Tallahassee and play, you know, and on and on and on. And it was a really, really good sales piece. It really was. And it, and it got everybody's attention. Then here comes the ACC. And, and I w- will tell you right now, Gene Corrigan is one of the smoothest operators I have ever been around uh sadly to say he's deceased now and um and, and but but it became a great friend and 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 between him and Tom Mickle they were a great team and when Gene and Tom and that small group of his came to Tallahassee the meeting was completely different the meeting was all about the stature of the universities. And sitting around a table with Virginia and Duke and North Carolina and Georgia Tech, as opposed to they didn't say this, this is me saying it, as opposed to Mississippi state, Mississippi, Alabama, Auburn. Now that, that's not a knock against any of them. They were just trying to paint the picture of in the scheme of things, who do you who do you want your university to be associated with now, I understand that when I'm saying this, it, this is 30 years later, and people that weren't born yet are saying, oh, that's cr- crazy. That's stupid. Why would anybody make a decision based on that? Because <laughs> we're all about filling our stadiums and making money and TV contracts. It just wasn't really about that then. It really wasn't. And and I I think that Corrigan, Corrigan had this Virginia – uh almost like a uh, uh, you know kind of a kind of a preacher kind of a virginia accent and he was so smooth and he was so great in his presentation and you know he was so smart and things just rolled off of his tongue and and then here comes tom mickle who is, again another one of the smartest people i've ever met uh sneaky you wouldn't know it if you met him you wouldn't think he could you know even be at a table and we, he, we later come to learn that he was a genius and he went on to run the Citrus Florida Citrus Sports after uh, he left the ACC and Corrigan was gone so anyway I, I that's kind of the backdrop that I wanted to paint to you guys that you know the, the decision came down to who do who do we really want to sit at a table with you know I remember Bob using that exact term When I go and sit around a table, what schools do I want to be sitting around that table with? And I think, um, you know, had there been all this money involved back in the day, the decision would have been different. But, you, you know, I think people would understand, people that have been around a while would understand that it really wasn't all about money back then. It really wasn't. It was more it was it was more about the prestige of the school and all of that. So uh, you know, and 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 I think that Bob did a great job of selling Bernie Sliger on it, you know, because Bernie, I think, was being lobbied hard to, to go SEC. I'm certain of it. I'm certain some of the high-level boosters wanted to go SEC. Because that's what they they wanted. They wanted those teams coming in to Doe Campbell. They they wanted Tennessee, and they wanted you know Alabama, and they wanted you know Georgia, and uh, but but Bob sold Bob had Bob and and Corrigan the two of them really did a job to sell uh, Bernie on where we should go, and I think we <laughs> there, there's more to this story. I, I feel like you guys might want to. Asks more, but I'll I'll stop there because there's there's more to say as we go further. Well, when the
2: actual communication of an offer and a decision came, and my recollection is that Bob was actually out of town or in a meeting or something, and you're literally on the phone communicating when the when the yes we, we you are saying we are invited and yes we are accepting and you're 35 years old in the middle of all that.
5: It was more, it, it was more um, traumatic than that. Uh, you're correct. Bob, Bob Bob, never did this, but for some reason, he had accepted a speaking engagement in South Florida. I don't remember exactly where. I can't tell you, West Palm or somewhere. He, and he was, he was on the state plane, you know, that back in those days, we used those state aircraft to, to go out and we'd come back the same night. Well, the night he went down there to fulfill his commitment, and that's typical of Bob. Even though he knew the ACC was having their meeting, I think it was for him it was a way to get his mind off of it because there's nothing he could do. And what I got to tell you is, fellas, what happened first, and, Keith, you're exactly right, I'm on the phone with Mickle consistently throughout that evening. They, they, had, all, they, they, they had all the, the uh, athletic directors on a conference call. They, they weren't in person. It was a conference call of the ACC athletic directors and they needed six votes and they did not have them. And so Mickle tells me, look, we just took our first round of votes and we didn't get there. And I'm just in a panic now you know, because we've already we've already made it clear what our choice is at this point, the SEC, is either made their press release or they're going to make a press release saying, you know, we're going a different direction. We're not, you know, Florida State's not in our our, our uh, sites anymore. So basically, for a small period of time, there, fellas, we didn't have a conference because the SEC had already gone away, and Corrigan had assured us that he had the votes to, to get Florida State into the ACC, and and for a, for a period of time. He did not have the votes. <laughs> and I had to tell Bob going that over the phone as he was traveling. And I didn't really know how to break it to him. I, said, I Bob, can
2: only imagine the response.
5: Well, it was, you know, <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob was a Pennsylvania guy, a hard nose. He can you know, get excited. Somebody. So he, uh, he may have said a, a few um, choice words. We Let's refer to them as
2: non-Southern Baptist language. That's what no, we call it.
5: Correct, and, and and there may have been a throw of the telephone as well. But, but I I, I calmed him by saying that Mickle had told me, "Don't worry, don't worry. Commissioners got it. Commissioners got this under control." So what had happened, Keith, was they went in. They, when they went into this meeting, the vote was not about Florida State. The vote they took was, do we want to expand? We're going to vote on whether we want to expand the conference. And Florida State was not part of the vote. And you know why they didn't? The the two schools in particular that were holdouts were Duke and Maryland. Maryland had a new AD, brand new, came in, Andy Geiger. Duke had Tom Butters and he was just, he was from Duke. He was a Duke, Duke guy. And so they, they really struggled. And, you know, you guys both know why they struggled because of the basketball tournament. They did not want to give up another slice of tickets to a school. And because the basketball tickets at those schools, all of the schools were so valuable. They were running their programs on ACC basketball tickets. They were selling them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, their their little piece of the the pie. They cut the arena in eight eight spaces. You know, and what do we if we bring in a ninth team, we're going to lose X number of seats, and and this is very costly. So so they got panicked up over that. And so, what what I'll do to end the in the suspense? I mean, there there is no more suspense. But Corrigan, hung, they, as I understand it, he said we're gonna we're gonna dismiss this call, and we're gonna get back on another conference call in one hour. And I want to make it clear that the conference office has done a lot of work on this, and we are recommending strongly that this take place. And Corgan was so powerful and he was so eloquent in the way he would couch things. And that's what Tom said. Tom said, we're getting together again in an hour. You just relax. The commissioners got it. And so they came back. He sure did. They got on and the other schools acquiesced. And, you know, what was funny. So the first vote, we voting to expand nine, nothing. Okay. We've now voted to expand. Now let's vote on whether we want to invite Florida State. And it was 9 nothing. I mean, so, so it was two votes. It was expansion first, and then we expand with Florida State.
2: And not to correct you because I'm a numbers guy, but it was 8 nothing. Yeah, 8 nothing. excuse me. Yes, it was 8 nothing.
0: <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's the first time we've ever actually tried to get something right on this show, Keith. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that's really only because
2: I'm looking at a piece of paper here. <laughs>
0: Let's uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and continue this conversation with Wayne Hogan. Stay with us right here on Front Row Knowles.
6: Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense.
4: Your local, independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com.
3: Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC.
1: Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank studios.
0: Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. Let's reopen the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. I've already used this line once, Keith, but uh, we don't know what the future is together for ACC schools or any conference schools anymore. But uh, Wayne Hogan is enlightening us about how the decision was made to join the ACC. So, Wayne, I, I'm sure there's a lot of details that we didn't cover there in that in that short conversation. But I want to fast forward a little bit because you were at Georgia Tech and I think your purview at Georgia Tech in later years was overseeing radio and TV. And so I have a feeling you were right in the middle of the first iteration of the grant of rights. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you would have some knowledge of how that came together and, and how it was. Uh, people ask now, why was it ever signed? It, it was signed because it was needed to get a long term TV deal in a TV network. But I'll let you totally. fill in blanks there. Totally. And
5: I, I you're right. I was. <laughs> Why am I always in the middle of all this? Uh, Yeah, I was at Georgia Tech and I worked with Dan Radakovich, uh, one of the smartest athletic directors ever now down at Miami. Um, And he's going to do a great job down there, just like he did at Clemson and just like he did at Georgia Tech when I was there. But um, yeah, I was involved in that as well. And at that time there was a lot of panic about defections there was a lot of talk about defections and nobody trusted anybody. They didn't trust Florida State. They didn't trust Miami. They didn't trust Clemson. And so they the, the idea was, you know, they, they hatched this idea of, you know, because think about it this way. Everybody's in a room and they say, you know, look, hey, is anybody in this room thinking about defecting? Going somewhere. No, not us. No, no, we don't we're not we got no interest. So this is a way. To say, you know, put up or shut up kind of thing. If are we going, are we in this together, or are we not? Or you know, is, imagine this. This is like modern day old west stuff. You know, everybody's look. It's like a card game. Everybody's looking. All the ads are looking each other in the eye, and nobody knows. Does he have something going with the SEC? Are they going to the Big Ten? You know, there was rumors Georgia Tech was going to go to the Big Ten for crying out loud back in those days. I remember shooting down that a lot when I was in Atlanta and, you know, there certainly there was Clemson in Florida state and the in the SEC and, you know, all, all of this stuff was going on. So I remember Radakovich who I consider to be almost a genius in, the, in this business. He told me about this grant of rights thing. And he said, this is, this is a cutting edge. This is cutting edge stuff. Because we're going to solidify ourselves. The networks are going to love us because they know we're not going to defect. We, they know what they get. They got ACC basketball. They got Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Georgia Tech football. And now we're all cemented together. Now we can do a long-term TV deal. This is brilliant. Everybody's going to want to do this. <laughs> do this. I'll never forget it. And, you know, here's, here's dumb old me going, yeah, sounds like a great idea to me. You know, if you want to solidify what you're doing. And so there's the sign over and it's a perfect example of, you just never know what's going to come down the road. I mean, it's such a blockbuster of a change and where does it go now? I I just, I, I don't know. I mean, this
2: is, this is a conundrum to say the least. Wayne, I think one of the things that, that, newer folks or younger folks won't appreciate is that in those days, this is, you know, the original of rights was 2013 and then the, the amendment in 2016. And while that's only seven or eight years ago, uh, a 20-year a commitment was not unheard of then. I mean, it's just been recently when, when things are done on four years and five, eight years and 10-year timeframes because right. that's just the way things were done.
5: Right, right. And you know, uh, John Swafford uh, kind of, you know, he and his staff kind of, you know, kind of moved that through, and uh, it it's just created such a the only word I know is conundrum right now for schools in the ACC uh, because who could have ever predicted predicted this? Um, I wish I knew, you know, I wish just like you guys, I wish I knew what with the next shoe to drop was going to be. But but I just don't, and uh, I worry. I, I worry. I gotta admit, I you know I don't know. Being you know I'm a, I'm not tied to Florida State in any way, shape, or form other than the diploma on my wall over there. And uh, uh, but I, I worry about FSU's positioning in all this. I mean, we all do. We we all look at you know what's going on, and I worry about that from the NIL perspective. Um, you know, when I see the kind of money that's being thrown around in NIL, I know y'all didn't want to talk to me about that, but, um, you know, this is a, this is, this is a, not, not a playground anymore. This is well, a all serious, you have to do. Uh, Wayne,
2: well, you're, you're a big golfer. Um, you're not very good. Neither am I, but you're a big golfer. Um am <laughs> a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, to, to me, and, and Tom and I haven't talked about this much, but it's kind of like what's going on with LIV and the PGA. I mean, the numbers are so big now that people are doing some uncharacteristic things, in my opinion. And the numbers in college football, particularly driven by uh, uh, the networks, the money, have gotten so big that that if you you believe that you do have a fiduciary responsibility to your institution, you have to be paying attention. It's that simple. I
5: I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I could not agree more. I just, I just, you know, I don't want to be melodramatic. I worry about Florida State. I worry about college football in general. And I know you guys do too. I know you do. You can't be entrenched in the game as close as we all have and not look at the landscape and say to yourselves, what have we done to ourselves? Where, are, Where is all of this going? And will we ever see... The greatness of what we had and I know that's an old man's perspective and then it may it may be better than ever but I I know it's different I know it's never going to be the same
0: and uh, I'm sad about that yeah I think we all are I agree you're hitting the nail on the head I, I do wonder to that point though the TV networks have to understand this at some point too I mean ESPN is making a lot of money on the SEC but they're still making money on the ACC. So if they cut off its head, are they doing themselves a favor? Are they going to make that much more on the SEC? It just seems like they're – I don't know if they're directing it, but they're certainly involved in conversations behind the scenes. And I don't know know where it ends, but it doesn't seem like it's – ESPN still wants inventory. And if suddenly the ACC is perceived as single A ball and the SEC is the majors, I mean, your inventory is not as valuable anymore if you create that dynamic.
5: Well, I agree. But, but what you're going to see is, you know, the ACC is going to get a get a package. I mean, they're they're going to have, you know, if if they want it and however they how, how they construct it, I don't know. But let's say the SEC and the Big Ten go and do what they do and they get all these hundreds of millions of dollars and the ACC is going to cut a nice package. But the difference is going to be huge. I mean, they're talking about 90 to 100 thousand, uh, excuse me, 90 to 100 million dollars per school over, over a course of, you know, time. And ACC's not going to get that. They're just not. And they're going to get a nice, you know, I mean, they're, they already get nice money. I mean, I consider what, what, what Florida state gets on an annual basis from the, from the TV package is really, really, I it's more, it's way more than the entire budget was when I was there, when I was working, when I was the AD there, the entire athletic budget at FSU was $27 million. 155
2: this year 155 yeah. yeah right you know Wayne you you speak to that and Tommy gets mad when I mention it but you know if you're getting 50 million dollars a year what do you get with that extra 40 million I mean how many more analysts can we have how many more x's and o's ones and twos can we put in these kids heads to have them perform at four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon
5: apparently we can buy players with it
2: well yeah. The other part of that, and you've been around a long time, is you know that kid that looks great at eighteen might not look good at twenty two, and that kid that didn't look so good at eighteen was real good at twenty two. Now, how do you figure that out?
5: <laughs> I, you don't. You, 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 it's the it's the boosters that are going to figure that out. The guys that are running these uh, collectives are the ones that are going to put the put the money up, and I, uh, you know. There's just way there's just ways to do it. I don't know. It's uh, and but you ask a great question, and and the point is that you just keep it, 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 the, the staggering riches drives me nuts. I mean these 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 complexes that have movie theaters and bowling alleys and swimming pools and that this is what we're building now for for you know the the, the football programs and all of that. And I know you're building one there at Tallahassee. It should have probably been built eight years ago, but but when Clemson built theirs, so so you know there there's this feeling that you got to do it. You just got to keep up. You know. You say, what are you going to do with it? They're going to. I don't want to say this. I, I hate saying this, but they're going to. They'll figure out a way to spend it.
2: Oh, you can. They'll spend,
5: they're it. Figure out a way to spend <laughs> it.
2: They're like a good ex-wife.
5: And they're going to keep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> keep adding staff and they're going to keep adding buildings and they're going to keep adding you know you computer you know you name it they they know there's they spend it and it's 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 gotten ridiculous and it's even before all this i started saying i've been on this bandwagon Well,
2: you talked about the conundrum uh tom has labeled me as a curmudgeon So now we're dealing with the curmudgeon conundrum, or however you would say that correctly. You and I will start that club.
5: I like that. I I just, I don't know. I'm just worried. I I just worry about it. I, you know, I just don't know what my old school and my old uh, sport, you know, my, my old career and all of that, it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't look the same. It's uh, when I read some of the things I read about it.
0: I I could ask you a million more questions on this. How how about this one, Wayne? Because you've been an AD and you know what it's like. Uh, If the object is to get all the best top programs in the same league, would a conference ever ask somebody to leave? I mean, if you're the ACC, what is Boston College doing? Uh, If you're the Big Ten and you wanted to get richer, why not bring in North Carolina and Virginia and say, thanks a lot, Indiana and Purdue, you've been great. But uh, these are shiny new toys that are going to bring us more. Uh, Is it going to get that cannibalistic?
5: I have two. uh, It's a double-edged sword, I guess. Um, One, I think if that's what they decided to do, they'd have no qualms of throwing somebody out of the league. Pay them off, get them out of here. (laughs) You know, it's so cutthroat nowadays. Yeah. But the, on the other hand, you still need you still need some wins. You still need some people you can play and win some games, right? Yeah. So uh, they they may they may for that reason want to keep the Vanderbilt's around. Uh, and the Vanderbilt's are perfectly happy to go two a nine and collect that hundred hundred million dollar check every year.
2: Well, and then occasionally, like in baseball or maybe in soccer, actually have some competing teams. Just realizing that football is driving the bus,
5: right, right, right. And FSU, I mean, look, look at what they've done with the with the um, with all the non-revenue sports. I mean, the, 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 the softball and the soccer and all these things. And right. you know, the, you, the, you know, you guys have just built that thing up to it. You know, it's a it's a juggernaut. It's a powerhouse. Uh, may have been to the detriment of the football program while it was happening. I don't know. I'm, I'm not there. I wasn't there, but maybe, um, uh, but, but now, I mean, I think, I think clearly, clearly it's Florida state needs money. They need to continue to chase it because everybody else is
0: chasing it. Yep. hundred percent. Right. Wayne Hogan. It's good to catch up glad you're doing well you got your hawaiian shirt on so i'm sure there was golf or something involved today right I thought about something a little more conservative but um you know
5: I, I feel a little more at home just like that.
2: well the good news is we can see each other and it spares our listeners from having to see us because they only get to listen
5: oh shoot i wish i'd worn a different shirt then this is <laughs> my sunday shirt <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wayne Hogan, thank you for joining us. We'll take a break, come back, wrap up Front Row Knowles right after this.
4: Hey, folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And we're celebrating the 4th of July all month long. So whether it's red, white, or blue, we've got the right one for you. With new vehicles arriving daily, we have a great selection to choose from. Like this 2022 High Country with a 6.2 liter V8, this 2022 Buick Enclave Avenir fully loaded or the new body style Chevy RST. And the best selection of premium vehicles in North Florida and South Georgia. Buy your new or used vehicle, the
6: Hobson one. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks, making it to the game with a clean Jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with Auto Owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense.
4: Your local independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com.
1: Be sure to subscribe to the Front Roll Knowles podcast and follow at Front Roll Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles. Good to catch up with Wayne.
0: He, I feel like uh I don't feel like we, we could do about 24 hours with Wayne, probably. That was that was 15 or 20 minutes. But uh, he's, he's got a great memory, good FSU guy. Spent a lot of years bleeding Garnet and gold.
2: He did. And one of the things that Wayne was, was very good at that uh, someone who came on after him, my, my teammate, Monk Bonasorp, was good at is Wayne, Wayne would do his homework and Wayne would pay attention and Wayne would, would try very hard not to go one way or the other until the time came to make a decision. And uh, I think most people, not, uh, almost all people, respected him for that. He didn't come in with, you know, an agenda or an ego. Uh, He wanted to do what was best for the athletes, what was best for the program, what was best for the coaches, and and what would ultimately benefit the university. And I think that will be a legacy that anyone who knew him while he was here and then his time at Georgia Tech and Montana uh, would say the same thing about him. That's the way his career has been.
0: One of the questions we didn't ask Wayne, Keith, that get asked, gets asked now, or it gets positioned that Florida State absolutely made the wrong call to join the ACC in 1990, and it's revisionist history to me, and hindsight's always 2020 on that, uh, because you look back and people say, well, Florida State was so good, they'd have still won two national titles in the 90s, still had the, the, uh, the dynasty, won another one in 2013. Well, maybe, maybe. Maybe Florida State would have been Auburn and gone eight and four every year in the '90s, and and wouldn't have the cachet as a as a premier program that it's that it accumulated because of that. We'll never know the answer to that. I guess what well,
2: I remember is Auburn yeah. went eleven and one year and couldn't play for anything. Fortunately, we didn't have those issues either.
0: Right, right. So I, we'll never know the answer to that. If FSU was in the SEC playing an SEC schedule in 1993. Uh, are they? do they only have the one loss to Notre Dame and still win a title with Charlie Ward? We don't know. Do they, do they win 11 games the rest of the 90s? We don't know the answer to that. I think the if you're going to second guess a decision, it would go back to more recently when the grant of rights was signed because without the grant of rights, I think FSU would have moved and found a new conference home by now, whether it's the SEC or not. But even that is revisionist history because, as Wayne pointed out, that It was a good move, perceived as a good move at the time. Nobody realized that the TV contracts were going to explode the way they did, the, the revenue, and that the, the longevity of them was going to get shortened up so much. The
2: other part of that that we didn't talk about is if if the ACC does not sign the grant of rights, the deal they cut with the SPN would have been less and there would be no ACC network.
0: And maybe the counterpoint would be maybe FSU – goes to the big 12 at that point right okay maybe that's better for a little while but maybe texas and oklahoma still leave and and the big 12 is is not in any better shape than what fsu's in in the acc right now i mean we don't know exactly exactly and
2: you know how those dominoes fall and what i mean if we knew what was going on going forward you and i would not have a weekly local radio show we would be on the national network no, we'd both be in the Bahamas not doing anything.
0: Let's finish up on this. And, again, ACC kickoff taking place today. We're actually recording this on Tuesday night. So uh, if, if if Wednesday morning the commissioner announced that the league is disbanded, then you can just uh, disregard this, this hour show, right, Keith? Yep. <laughs> FSU fans would be celebrating. Tennessee Street would be closed. It would be like the Punt game. We'd have the thing shut down. I'm not a fan of of unequal revenue sharing as a way to save the ACC in general because I, I, I think it gets complicated. Ie, FSU, if you based it on the last five years, would be in the middle of the pack. You know, I don't know how you come up with a formula on that and and factor in the last thirty years and worth to the league. But I did think about it. How much of a share would you be willing to give Notre Dame if they would come all in? Would you Would you give Notre Dame two shares? to elevate the one-and-a-half shares, three shares? would Just Notre Dame, everybody else gets even, but Notre Dame, because they're going to add so much value, they get more. Would you do that?
2: I would not. What I would be willing to do is to put some form of formula together, and we talked about this last week and maybe the week before, that's based on some measurable quantitative parameters, much like they do with the NCAA basketball tournament, and then the subpart, and this would get it complicated, but, you know, I think you need, would need to do something for travel budgets, particularly for the, for the non-revenue sports. So, yes, I'm in favor of doing something that's quantitative and measurable, but I don't think you're doing yourself a real favor if you lock into one and a half times or two times or three times because then – you know, five years, ten years down the road, you may be in the same situation that you are right now as you think about the grant of rights.
0: Hey, it all feels like rearranging you know the deck chairs on the Titanic candidly Keith, all these options as we as we throw them out. There. what about this would you would you vote to say uh, Boston College and Syracuse? It's been nice uh farewell. <laughs> Let's divide by two less members.
2: I I think that has a more likely scenario. I would not like to be the one casting that vote, but if you had to put probabilities, uh, asking one or two to leave versus giving Notre Dame an increased share, uh, I think the former would be where I would fall.
0: I don't know that an increased share would move the needle for Notre Dame anyway, unless it was five times the share or something, some number you couldn't get to. All right. We are out of time. Thanks again to Wayne Hogan for joining us. We'll uh, get into football practice next week. Until then, uh, he's Keith. I'm Tom. This is Front Row Knowles.